Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. He gets so crazy at times. It sounds like... You yell back at your radio. What are you talking Get so angry. You tweet to try and calm him down. Now, he gets an hour all to himself. It's Sparky's Midday Madness on the fan with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Presented by the Milwaukee Admirals. Visit them at milwaukeeadmirals.com. Welcome in. Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM. The Fan presented to you by the Admirals. Steve Sparky, Pfeiffer, Adam Roberts, other side of the glass. We broadcast live from the Lakeland University studios, offering evening and online master's programs. Learn more at lakeland.edu slash get started. Tim Muma coming up about 15, 20 minutes from right now. Talk some Brewers baseball and the signing of Andrew McCutcheon. Uh, as far as what this means for this Brewers lineup, how maybe does Tim Muma see this Brewers lineup kind of being shaped? With McCutcheon in there as a designated hitter, what other moves do the Brewers need to make? Does he like the Brad Boxberger signing, bringing back Boxberger for another season uh, in that bullpen? His thoughts on Keston Hira, his thoughts on Christian Yelich. Talk about all of that with him coming up. Plus, we missed Rick Schlesinger earlier in the big show, back in the first hour of the big show. That was quite some time ago, four and a half hours ago. Uh, you'll be able to hear Rick Schlesinger as well before we get out of here. Coming up on Rami's show, they just booked uh, Tim Dillard. He'll be on at 3.35 on Rami's show. Bart Winkler at 4 o'clock. Ryan Wood of the Green Bay Press Gazette at 5 o'clock on the Rami show. So, again, Tim Dillard at 3.30. Bart at 4. Ryan Wood at 5 o'clock. A jam-packed edition of uh, the Rami show today, 3 to 6, here on The Fan. We brought this up uh, during the big show. And we got some calls. We moved on from it. And I'm going to just open it back up. Our guy... Uh, AR, Adam Roberts, is putting it up on Twitter. Uh, and we've got one segment here, take calls. I just quickly want to take calls. No right, no wrong answer. Just kind of want to see where everybody's at on this. So it came up, non-sports related, that daylight savings uh, may become a, a thing uh, going forward. So how we have it right now may be something we live with uh, going forward. And you don't ever see the time change again. No more changing the times in the spring and the fall we go with what we have. The reason why this is a possibility is the Senate uh, passed unanimously today, and now it goes to the House to see if this actually does become law and we stay uh, where we are right now going forward. I simply want to know from you, like it or dislike it, uh, what are you hoping to have? We had a guy in Green Bay call in and say he doesn't like it. He wants to keep it the way that it's been. He's against it. What about you? 414-799-1250, 414-799-1250. You can also uh, tweet us at 12:50 a.m. The fan, and also uh, get in on the poll question uh, at 12:50 a.m. The fan uh, as well. Real nice and easy. Yay or nay to daylight savings time becoming permanent? Yay or nay? 414-799-1250. 414-799-1250. Tweet us. 
at 12.50 a.m. The fan. I'll start. All in favor. All in favor. Now, I know Rami and Sam have had this conversation on their show as well many a times, and I'm 99.9% positive when they get in here at 3 o'clock that they also will be all in favor of this. Having said that, I have never been a morning person. I'm not somebody that's out on a golf course at 5.30 in the morning playing golf or 6 o'clock in the morning playing golf or out doing what I do. Now, I hosted the morning show here on the radio station uh, back in like 2005, 2006. So I used to get up uh, and come into work early uh, and went through that whole process for a couple of years. Uh, Not a morning guy. Never have been, never will be. Now, I'll take it to the parent aspect of things. To me personally. Now, me and my brother, for example, are are different. My brother, they go to bed at like 8 o'clock at night because my brother has to be up super early uh, for work in the morning. So the whole family goes to bed essentially when he goes to bed. And then all the kids are up super early in the morning as well. That's their lifestyle. For me personally, I would rather have it being light out later because that gives me more opportunity to play with the kids outside later in the day after they're done with school, after I'm done with work. Uh, after everybody's home, to go outside in the backyard, play baseball, go outside in the backyard, uh, play some football or whatever the case may be, bags or whatever. So for my lifestyle, for how I live, I much prefer this daylight savings time being a thing uh, going forward, personally. What about you? 414-799-1250, 414-799-1250. Tweet us at 1250 AM, the fan, or just hop aboard that poll question. Uh, that Adam Roberts uh, just put up. AR, what about you? Daylight savings time for it or not or against it? So the argument that I was going to use, you mentioned at the end of the big show today, which is that take out all of the objectiveness of what, having to change your clocks twice a year, forward once, backward once, whatever. It just makes you feel better when you have sunlight later in the day because now, unlike you, I was a morning person, but not by choice. Now, or I guess I guess that is kind of like you because you hosted a morning show. Correct. You are not a morning person. No. I am not, but I also used to do greenskeeping work for golf course. In which case you want it light out. Yes. Uh, so morning shifts would be pretty rough if this were to go forward. Have probably like seven in the morning and it's still just getting light out. That would not be fun. And it would affect the golf industry. A little you're bit, not I would playing say. in the dark. Mm-mm. I mean, you're not having six o'clock tea times uh, at that point, and that's usually what you would get later in the fall is you'd have those earlier tea times, right? But again, psychologically, I feel better when I because I know I have produced Rami's show a sure. couple of times when yeah. Sam's needed a day off, and it's been winter since I've started working here. And you're right. You look out this window, it's 4.30, 4.45. It's starting to get hard to see the satellite dishes in the parking lot. And you're going, all right, great. It's now 4.45 and it feels like 9, 10 p.m. Right, exactly. So from that perspective, I would be all for it. Now, it's interesting reading on the history of daylight savings. time. I don't have all the time to read about the history. We've only got a segment to work with this. But we had a caller kind of tell us how it got started and I didn't realize this goes all the way back to World War One, when countries in Europe wanted to conserve energy for the war effort, so they wanted to manufacture more daylight. And that's kind of the same way it started in the United States as well. Then there was the botched attempt to make it national when Nixon was president. They scrapped that whole plan after a year, and then a little while later, they got the plan that we have today. So just from a logistical perspective, just... Scrap it all. We are on uniform time, 365 or six days a year in a leap year, and that's the way it's done. See, and that's, to me, uh, interesting because uh, Arizona, they're on standard time, right? Correct. Right. Indianapolis is standard time, and then you said Hawaii is the other one that is standard time? And the U.S. territories. Right. So those are the three that are standard times. So if they get forced to move, I wonder what their reaction will be because that's really what's going to affect the most. It's going to affect those people that have not moved times and not switched their clocks for a number of years. Uh, and now essentially are being told that, you know, it, it's going to be a different way. Now, of course, uh, well, we haven't mentioned it as part of this conversation, but when we brought it up on the big show, it passed unanimously in the Senate. Yes. They, all the U S senators, including ones from feasibly Arizona and yep. Hawaii 
voted in favor of this. Right. And, and that's that's what I want to see. Rick tweets at 1250 AM the fan. How can anyone be against it? To be able to golf or do anything outdoors after work is the best. Uh, that's Rick tweeting at 1250 AM uh, the fan. And I'm telling you right now, I got this poll question up. 13% against it so far. Uh, and again, we just put this thing up here, what, five minutes ago. Uh, but 87% early on in this voting uh, in favor of making daylight uh, savings time permanent. And the other part of this too, again, and I understand like for those of you that work outside early in the morning, you hate this. You absolutely hate this. There's no question you hate this. If you get up early in the morning uh, for your job and you work outside, you enjoy that the sun is out. And if you're getting up early in the morning, you're going to bed early at night too. So doesn't matter to you how early the sun goes down because I mean, you're not going to bed at five o'clock at night, obviously, but you're going to bed seven, eight o'clock. So you're not staying up as long as maybe others are. I think this really comes, just comes back to a way of life uh, and how you, how you live your life and whether or not this is convenient for you. Cause I'm sure there are a lot of people that don't like it. The other thing I'm interested in is how does this affect other industries? Like, so if you're building a house, let's say, right? you're not outside unless it's it's daylight and you can see what you're doing. So I wonder if it affects those people that are doing that, but those people are building houses in the summertime anyhow. So you're not built. I mean, I guess you could be building a house in winter, I guess, maybe, sure. But for the most part, this, these get built in spring and summer here anyhow. So from that aspect, it probably doesn't affect them either. I wonder about work uh, road construction. And being able to do road projects later into the evening, if yes. this were to change. Because you would start later, possibly, mm-hmm. and then work later. Uh, now, again, Rick says, I don't see how anybody could be against it. Nate says, no, make standard time uh, permanent. So Nate would rather have it get dark earlier and be light uh, earlier in the day and have it get dark uh, at night. All right, let's go to calls. Let's see what we got here. Dave in Waukesha, you're up first on Sparky's Midday Madness, presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. Senate passed unanimously, daylight savings time being a thing. It's got to go to the House now. What say you, for it or against it? I'm for it 100%. Why? I work in an office. Well, in the evening, you get an extra hour of daylight. You just feel better about yourself. You feel more. And I'm a morning person, but I don't mind darkness in the morning. At night, it just extends the day. I'll tell you what, Sparky. I'm older. My kids are growing. But you've got kids that play select baseball. Right. Would Would you get into some of those games if you didn't have that hour of daylight? Oh, no. Yeah, no, you know, because golfing, baseball, softball, adult leagues, any of that. Yes. It, it, it's so much. It, it has a lot of meaning for that stuff, too. No doubt. Thanks for the call. And I, you know, like he says, take it a step farther. I mean, you have some outdoor leagues that are uh, in the fall that maybe you didn't do before or couldn't do before because it got, it got dark out so early. And now with this in play, if this actually happens, now those outdoor sports might be able to be still played outside. Again, it's still going to get dark out earlier than it would in the summertime, in the wintertime, but it's still an hour difference. So now instead of it getting dark out at 4.30 at the worst case scenario in the dead of winter, now it's 5.30. I mean, that's to me, that's a huge difference. It's a huge difference. Uh, people are working nine to five jobs and they get off work. Yeah, it's starting to get dark out, but it's not pitch black like it normally is uh, at different times of the winter. All right, let's take a quick time. I'll come back. Other side, let's talk to Tim Muma. Uh, he was with Brew Crew Ball, but he's off and starting a new venture. And we'll talk to him about the new venture that he is getting involved with concerning uh, covering the Milwaukee Brewers and get his thoughts on uh, Andrew McCutcheon. Because reading fan graphs, and I read some of it uh, during the Wendy's Big Show, I'm maybe not as excited as some of you are about this whole Andrew McCutcheon signing. We'll see where he's at with it next on Sparky's Midday Madness, presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. Sparky's Midday Madness presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. Affordable family fun. Check them out. MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. It's broadcast live from the Lakeland University studios, offering evening and online master's programs. Learn more at lakeland.edu slash get started. That's lakeland.edu slash get started. Joining us now on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, he is friend of the show, Tim Muma. You can follow him on Twitter at Tim underscore Muma. Uh, and Tim, you were with Brew Crew Ball for a long time and now making a switch. What do you got going on? 
Yeah, well, thanks for having me on, first of all. But, uh, yeah, sometimes this happens. Just, you know, things change as far as where you're uh, asked to write. So uh, for many Brewers fans out there, probably know of BrewerFan.net. I mean, that was the place everyone went, especially before sure was. Twitter. Where you Jamie have, Siegel uh, was my guy back in the day when Brewer Fan got going, up and going, yep. Yep, yep, there you go. I mean, that was before Twitter, and that's where you could, you know, definitely vent your frustrations uh, every game because uh, there was plenty to do back back then. Um, so a couple of guys that run Twins Daily, uh, I think one or two of them might actually be from Wisconsin. Um, they bought out BrewerFan.net, and there's going to be a new site. It's actually up and running. It's uh, BrewerFanatic.com. So uh, right now the, the forums are up there. There are some blogs, and then uh, very shortly we'll be launching uh, articles and, and taking over that as far as uh, writing about the Brewers there. So it's uh, pretty exciting. There's a, obviously a big fan base that's followed BrewerFan.net for a long time, so they'll come over and we hope to uh, encourage people to, to come on over to brewerfanatic.com and find out what to do. That's awesome. All right, so let's get into uh, what we know here about the situation uh, involving uh, the Milwaukee Brewers. Andrew McCutcheon, longtime uh, Pittsburgh Pirate, and he's been around since then, obviously, with the Phillies. Your thoughts on mm-hmm. McCutcheon coming in and it looks like being the designated hitter. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's one of those moves where, I mean, it's not a splash, but it definitely makes your team better. And that's what you're always trying to do. And Stearns especially is always look to have as many guys that you can filter in and out uh, throughout the course of the season because you know you need it. I think it's a little surprising. Uh, I thought they would look more for a left-handed bat to kind of complement Hunter Renfro. Um, he's sort of the lefty masher as far as hitting left-handers. Uh, but McCutcheon does the same thing. And I think Stearns has definitely doubled down on that because the Brewers were – they're just so terrible against left-handed starters last year, especially now McCutcheon had like an OPS of a thousand last year against lefties always has killed lefties. Hunter Renfro is the same way. So it just seems like they're stacking the lineup that pretty much on every given day because of the DH, you can have that, that optimized lineup that council likes to use. And, you know, if McCutcheon is, is able to hit, you know, 20, 25 bombs and, and hit like he has always in Milwaukee, uh, it just becomes a really good value contract. And it sounds like it's going to be one year and there's really not, anything uh, there's no there's no bad one-year contract so i think it's a shrewd move not a big splash but you know maybe something else is coming down the pipeline too let's talk about uh mccutcheon i looked up uh they have an article on him on fan graphs that i read earlier his two strike count uh numbers are atrocious uh his contact <laughs> numbers with two strikes are atrocious it's not that he's sure. swinging at bad pitches he just can't make consistent contact with two strikes to me that is uh, the most concerning thing, I mean, he hit like 222 or whatever it was last year. Slugging numbers weren't mm-hmm. all that great, even though he hit, what, 27 homers, which is the first time he's done that in three or four years. I, I, I just, I don't know, man. I'm I'm just a little bit concerned when you bring over an old guy uh, and then on top of that, he's struggling to to hit with two strikes. I mean, the Brewers definitely have a type. They're going to go for power over uh, contact, which, I mean, today's game, that's what it is. And that's why we hear all about the conversations of rules changes. And, uh, you know, they, they try to max out the power side of it and, and utilize those guys as much as they can. I'm with you on the, the two-strike hitting and, and being able to put the ball in play. I think that has hurt the Brewers quite a bit in the past. Um, you know, maybe it would be nice to balance up the lineup a little bit more with somebody who can do that. At the same time, um, you know, again, that's the way the kind of the modern game is. And if he is able to keep up those power numbers, you can live with a lot of those strikeouts. And, and for me too, I know council doesn't necessarily believe in it. And some people don't, you know, how you set up your lineup, I think still matters. If you have a bunch of strikeout guys all in a row, you're going to kill rallies. You're going to not be able to drive those guys in. But if you can space in some guys that, you know, make a little bit more contact, work counts better, that sort of thing, you know, you can make it work. And, and I don't think the Brewers are done. I think there's at least one more move in the making, whether or not it's a big one or a small one, uh, they're definitely going to keep adding a little bit here to make sure that they cover all their bases. And by the time opening day comes around, um, I think the offense will definitely be in a better position than it was last season. Talking with Tim Muma uh, from the brand new website just launched, brewerfanatic.com. They bought uh, brewerfan.net. So now they are uh, running theirs, Brewer Fanatic. So Tim, um, what does this mean for Keston Hero? Because, if any if any place there was for Keston Hira, it was DH. Second base is taken. Uh, first base, that's not going to be a thing, I don't think, with Rowdy Tellas there. Shortstop, obviously, is not happening. Urias hasn't done anything to lose his job at third base. He's not going to the outfield. So, really, the only spot for Keston Hira on the big league club was either first base, rotating with Rowdy Tellas, or playing DH. And now I feel like they're really limiting what they can do with Keston Hira. 
Well, I know they're talking about him getting more reps in the outfield, uh, but to your point, even with McCutcheon maybe DHing quite a bit, he's an outfielder. So and you have Taylor still some time there, right? Right? Yeah, you're definitely covered there. Uh, you know, first base is still an option because you have Telez as a lefty, and, and obviously then Hira could go back there and get some more time as a righty. I I think for him, they're, they're just obviously going to bring him along slowly, and I can't really see him being on the major league roster anyway to start the year. Um, you know, you feel for the guy because he came out so hot, you know, in his first uh, first call up in the major leagues. Uh, my younger son loves Keston Hira, so I also am rooting for him from a personal side. And then obviously what he went through last year as far as with his mom fighting cancer and everything. So there's a lot going on. You hope that maybe there's a reset for him. I know they've been talking about him working, I think, with his old instructor, trying to tone down his leg kick a little bit, get him to be making more contact because that, that has been such a big problem for him the last couple of seasons. And I think he's just going to have to kind of become that guy that looks for an opportunity while he's in the minors, uh, trying to trying to fill in those spots and be as versatile as possible because, you know, console you guys in any which way possible if the guy can hit. And I think that's what they've been saying is that he's got to earn at bat at this point. Uh, unfortunately for him, his his top prospect, uh, you know, label is doesn't really matter at this point. It, it comes about production and his best opportunity still, my guess is going to be first base. I'm, Telez is solid, and I, I'm not a huge believer in him. Uh, and obviously, again, here being a right-handed bat, Telez a lefty, I think that becomes his best option aside from DH, which I think they're going to rotate a lot of guys through that DH spot anyway. What about Christian Yelich? How concerned are you about Yelich after the last couple of years? Because realistically, if Yelich can get back to, I'm not saying MVP levels, but if right. he can just get back to being an all-star again, that's a huge difference in this lineup. Yeah, I, you know, I don't think the power is ever going to be there again, whether it's a mental thing, whether it's his back, whether it's his knee, oh, who knows. Uh, maybe he's just, you know, age catches up to you really fast. So I don't think the power is going to be there. But if he can be back to a guy who's spraying the ball all over the place, getting on base at a high clip, I think there's a lot of value in that, especially as we talked about with a team that, for the most part, is going to hit some home runs, but they're also going to strike out a lot. I'd love personally to see him at the top of the lineup. I know Colton Wong likes hitting leadoff and, and Council liked him there last year, uh, but you know Yelich's on base ability and his base running ability itself, and those are huge to be at the top of the lineup. And if he can up that on base to somewhere in the you know 370, even get up to 380, if he's not worried as much about power, that'd be a perfect spot for him. So I, I think people you know should temper their expectations. Of course, I don't think they need to think that he's done and he's washed up and all that stuff. But he definitely has a little bit of a battle for himself mentally and to figure out what's going to work best for him. And who knows? Maybe he still has one of those big years in him. You know, he's going to be with the Brewers you know, for a while. And, uh, you know, you just hope that he can be that contributor wherever the team needs him, which, you know, is going to be a little bit in the outfield defensively, but you'll probably see plenty of time DHing as well. So what's the lineup? I mean, if you're putting Yelich at the top, then my God, who is three and four? Well, that, again, it's going to depend on the pitching matchups, I think. I mean, Adamus is going to be in the middle of the lineup for you. When you're facing a righty, I, I still trust Narvaez is back quite a bit. Uh, you know, I guess it depends on how much you believe in Arias. Uh, Hunter, Hunter Renfro. Renfro. Those guys, right. I mean, especially against lefties, all of a sudden it seems like the Brewers could be lefty killers because of guys like Renfro and McCutcheon especially. Uh, so it, it just gives Council a lot of options. Uh, again, if I had my... Uh, if I had my desires fulfilled, so to speak, when it comes to the Brewers, I think that there'd be another big bat coming in, in some way, shape, or form, whether it's a trade or, or free agency. I mean, pie in the sky, I'd love for them to make a run at Brian Reynolds from Pittsburgh because that's a guy you can put anywhere in the lineup and make it 100% better. So I think a lot is going to depend on how much they trust in Adamas and where they feel Yelich does belong. I mean, you can still hit him two or three. He's just probably not going to give you the power numbers if you like Colton Long in that leadoff spot. So, uh, so again, what do you think about, hold on, what do you think about if it's Wong, Yelich, Adamas, if those are your top three? Yeah, I think that could work. I, I don't think there's any, I don't, I think there's going to be a lot of different options and it's really going to come down to matchups. I know lots of people like, me included, I like having a consistent lineup. Yes. I don't think the Brewers are really built that way. That's not the way Stearns is, has created this, uh, you know, his uh, his bench and his starters. I guess, you know, he, he considers everybody a starter, so to speak. I think it's really going to be a day-to-day thing. Maybe a guy like Adamus and Yelich and Wong could be slotted into those individual spots. And, you know, he could actually have Adamus two, Yelich three. I know lots of people think the three-hole is always supposed to be one of your best hitters. 
if you look at a lot of the state metrics type stuff, that would be your fifth best hitter in the three spot. So, so where's the best hitter you can, then? You can do it. Usually two. And that's where I like to put my guy. Two and four are your top two spots, ideally. Why would your best yeah, hitter be batting three? <laughs> Why would or would Your fifth best hitter. Why would your fifth best your hitter fifth. be three? Right. Well, statistically, the three hitter actually comes up with men on base less often than the two hitter or the four hitter. So that's part of the reason. Uh, and that's a, a big part of it. Plus, you want your better hitters to get more at best. That's why you actually put your best hitter too, because you can utilize him as an RBI guy with the leadoff man ahead of you, but also gets more at best over the course of the year because you're that one spot higher. Well, I understand and that aspect with, of it. I just with, don't understand the no, fifth best hitter batting third because you're giving him all these extra at bats when he doesn't deserve them then. Because a lot of times that two hitter is already doing a lot of the, the grunt work, so to speak. Right. And that three hitter can be more of a contact guy or – you know, back in the day, you could have used him more of a, a guy to, to move runners over. You're not going to bunt your three-hole hitter, obviously, but uh, that's a, not a bad spot to have a contact guy if you have your top two guys on base, and plus you have a big hitter behind you. And now with you know with the DH and the NL, you don't even have to worry about. I mean, you could you could put whatever you want lead off and two because. In theory, they're going to have more guys on base than they ever have in the past. Right, because your pitcher is no longer batting in that nine hole. Uh, right, and now, the nine hole can become a, a good spot for a light hitting, you know, on base guy because you just want to be on base more than anything. So who's that for the Brewers? <laughs> well, if you if people really want to be down and yell at you, could throw him down in the nine spot. But you know, and he wouldn't like it either. Colton Long would be a good spot there as well. I, I mean, it's it's just going to depend. Maybe Council wants to to cluster his guys. Some some I guys sh- like to do that where you have, you know, a group of three, group of three, group oh. of three, and they all have a certain trait. I, there's a hundred ways you could go with the Sparky, yeah. and you know he's going to have 142 lineups over the course of the year, so you might as well just embrace it. I'll be honest. I had not thought about this Brewers lineup and how it would stack until just now when you and I started talking about it, <laughs> and I'm starting to stress. I can feel me getting tight and tense thinking about what this lineup may look like. It's okay, though. I'll work through it. Uh, what about the bullpen? Brad Boxberger back. I think everybody likes that signing. Uh, do they need another guy, or do you think they're set? I think they. I personally think they do. I think they need a reliable guy, at least somebody you think is going to be reliable. I mean, they have a ton of arms in the minors and guys who are sort of on the on the cusp and that we've seen over the last year plus. I just don't know how much you trust them. You don't know how much they've developed uh, to throw in those kind of high leverage spots. They, they have the guys for the the toughest spots now. I mean, you have Hader, Williams, and Boxberger. I think they have to be real careful about wearing out Boxberger. I think that burned them last year. On top of Williams, of course hurting himself. Uh, so I, I do think, you know, if they can add somebody that has been through it a little bit, you know, had, had a couple of good years. Um, you know, I, I trust guys like cousins though. Um, Suter, you assume he'll be kind of the same guy. So I think they're pretty well covered there for me though. You can never have enough bullpen arms and you'll obviously have the opportunity to put guys like Ashby or Hauser in the pen. If you need to, if you want to, uh, you know, have kind of the coverage back there, but there's a good chance the Brewers also go with the six-man rotation, which will also uh, sort of cause them to reconfigure what they want to do. And um, I think one other part of it is I know MLB has been talking about, especially early in the year, allowing teams to have an extra player or two on the active roster just because of the short spring training and everything. So that'll give the Brewers, if they do that, a chance to look at some guys, you know, you know in-game situations before they have to make those calls. I got one more for you. Uh, there's so, there's a, a group of people that have been talking about, you need to extend Burns, you need to extend Burns, you need to extend Burns. I'm not in that camp. I don't think they should extend Burns. I think while he's cheap, you take advantage of it uh, and try and use that money in other areas to try to get yourself to a World Series and, and push that off a little bit. I agree. I think that's what you have to do. If pitching is, it's you know, you're literally one outing away from a major injury. I know it can happen in any position, but pitching's so fickle that way and um, even from Burns' perspective, I don't think he should have an issue going year to year. I and mean, especially when he hits arbitration, he's going to start getting big bumps anyway. And the Brewers don't need to commit long term. I mean, he knows you know, he knows what's up as well, and he knows he'll have a big payday, whether it's from the Brewers or someone else eventually. And the way I see it, the Brewers can look at it as having this two to three year legit window to be World Series contenders, and then you can start making those big decisions. And if you need to trade a guy or two to start, you know, replenishing the system or to, to bring in some young guys that are ready to play in the majors and, and restart the cycle, then you have that option. If you go long-term extension and unfortunately something happens or you just lock up all that money in, in one pitcher, 
now you really are stuck because you have Yelich's contract, and I'm sure you'll have a couple other guys who'll be really looking to extend a little bit down the road. So I'm with you. I don't think you extend him. I think you go go year to year with him. Make sure he understands that you know he's definitely a part of the future. They just want to go this route, and I think uh, I think as long as he's pitching well and. And winning Cy Young, he won't have a problem with that because he's going to get a huge payday eventually. There he is, Tim Muma, BrewerFanatic.com, a brand-new website. Check it out. Follow him on Twitter at Tim underscore Muma. Tim, thanks so much. Thank you, Sparky. Always a pleasure. There he is, Tim Muma. Great Midwest Bank hotline of applying for home renovation loan as you're feeling anxious. Breathe. Great Midwest Bank help you experience a state of tranquility. Get started at GreatMidwestBank.com today. The big tournament starts this week, and the place to watch all your favorite games while enjoying your own indoor games is Q Club of Wisconsin. Plenty of TVs to watch the games on while you play your favorite indoor games in their huge entertainment game room. We're talking indoor bocce ball, pool, darts, table tennis, foosball, shuffleboard, you name it, they got it. And then settle down to some great food while you're watching the games and playing your favorite games. Loaded burgers, wraps, wings, plus their Wednesday and Friday fish fries piled up. Ha! With all the extras, visit their Facebook page or QClubOfWI.com for menu and weekend live entertainment updates. Q Club of Wisconsin, North Grandview Boulevard in Waukesha. Rick Schlesinger of the Brewers, next. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When his big show comes up tomorrow, we are going to get into Jordan Love and what's next now. Now that it looks like Rodgers is here for at least three more years with the contract deals being leaked out, $150 million guaranteed money uh, and a dead cap hit of like $68 million uh, after 2023. There is just, I don't see any way possible that that dude does not play here for three more years. So uh, with that being said, what does that then mean uh, for Jordan Love going forward? And the other part of this is, do they pick up his fifth-year option? Because really no sense in doing that. His fifth-year option would be the third year Aaron Rodgers is here. So. To me, uh, it'll be interesting to see what everybody says. I'm seeing national guys saying, oh, they got to trade Jordan Love right now. I, uh, we disagree on that one. Are you looking for a new career? Would you like to be a part of a Christian-based family-run company? company that's been in business for over 30 years. 31, exactly. How about a company that's been listed on Inc. Magazine as one of America's fastest-growing company for several years? Well, they're looking to hire immediately for the dispatch position. Uh, this is what they're looking for. Somebody able to multitask in a fast-paced environment, good communication skills, be computer literate, have an overall friendly disposition for dealing with a variety of customers and drivers, no experience necessary. They're going to train you. And just like that, you could be a part of the Young Express team. Now, if you get hired, you get a competitive hourly wage, 
paid holidays, vacation, personal days, 401k with company match, and of course, a health plan. Apply today at youngexpress.com. That's J-U-N-G express.com. Young Express, success drives them. Rick Schlesinger, president of business operations for your Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, joined the Wendy's Big Show a little bit earlier today with Gary Ellerson and myself uh, and talked about what this whole offseason has been like, having to get through a lockout and really what can you and can't you do during that course of time when you don't know when things are going to start? Yeah, we, you know, we we obviously, we had, you know, a lot of uncertainty over when the lockout would end, when the season would begin, if the, you know, if the spring training and or regular season would be impacted. But we we sort of had a plan for a, a bunch of scenarios. And we just, what we did is we were selling as many tickets as we could. We were working on our partnership deals. I, I was very confident that we would obviously have a season and I was hopeful that it would be a full season as it turned out to be. So, you know, we were doing a lot of preparatory work in anticipation of the optimistic scenario, which is that we'd get a deal done. We'd have 162 games and, you know, we'd have a great team. So even though the schedule has been a little um, funky, you know, we, we met all those goals. We're going to have a really good team. We're going to have a 162 game season. And uh, you know, so we're, we're ready to go. And, you know, four fourteen is kind of, you know, there's a nice ring to it to be opening day. Now, were you guys, I'm sure you're meeting constantly uh, trying to prepare for this and try to get a, ahead of everything. How did you guys map all this out with the bobbleheads and with those certain events that you guys have going on? Yeah, we knew, you know, we did a lot of things, you know, late in 21 before the lockout started. You know, we, we sort of anticipated that, you know, the, the negotiations would be, you know, time consuming, difficult and, 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 you know, in anticipation of a potential lockout, we, we put things in motion. And then even during the lockout, we obviously couldn't use or communicate with our players or use any of their images or names or likenesses. But we, you know, again, you know, all of our marketing materials then were, were prepared with, without the use of the player, you know, images and things like that, but we were ready to go. And, you know, it was, it was awkward because, you know, marketing our players is really what we're all about. And, and that was missing, but, you know, we, we had a pivot, we had to be nimble. Uh, our staff was, was doing great work. We have great fans, great partners. They really supported us and they, they understood. Um, they weren't blaming us necessarily. They were frustrated with the situation as was I, um, but again, I was optimistic we were going to get to a good place, and I, I think we landed in a good place. No, I and I and I would agree with that. Spring training, how do you guys work now around spring training, and and then what you guys are doing there, and when the guys are coming back? Yeah, we we obviously you know that got completely blown up. So you know our original <laughs> schedule, which was a great schedule. Um, was completely, you know, eradicated. And we have, you know, a short nine, nine home games and new dates. Players are great. You know, the players, as soon as the deal was, was ratified, players immediately started coming to camp. And, you know, a number of our players live in the Phoenix area. So it was literally get in the car and drive over to the complex. Um, the official reporting date was the 13th, but, you know, we've got players already there. And, you know, we're going to have workouts, you know, do all the physicals. We'll start games later this week. And and go and you know it's going to be a little bit of a of a condensed spring training, and you know obviously the health and safety of our players is key. So we don't want any people blowing out arms. We don't want people getting hurt. So we're going to you know have to navigate through how we get these guys ready to go for the season, um, and put them in the best position to be successful without putting any undue strain or risking injury on these guys. So how crazy was that trying to put together a spring training schedule all back together, getting scrapping the old one? I I would assume it took a lot of communication from all teams involved to try and put that thing back together. And then what was kind of the uh, the goal as far as what you wanted to do with this new spring training schedule? Yeah, I mean, basically baseball basically took it out of the team's hands and basically said, okay, here's your new schedule. Um, and that made sense, candidly, for for teams to try to navigate through scheduling spring training would have been a nightmare. So baseball just handed us the schedule. Uh, here it is, you know, and, you know, we're all in this together. So we just took it. We went on sale uh, yesterday with the tickets and, you know, it's fine. I mean, it's spring training. It's a little easier than navigating through, you know, 81 home games. Um, and we're lucky that we don't share the facility in Maryville. It's our own facility. So we had total flexibility on when we could schedule the games and when, you know, so that helped us with whatever we needed to do. And, 
you know, like I said, it's, it's, uh, it's, we'd like to have more spring training games, but we recognize this is an unusual season and we'll just make through and uh, we'll be ready to go on April 14th. The opening day now, 414 day, obviously April 14th. That couldn't have worked out much better for you the way this whole thing played out. Uh, and then you guys decided to add on to it and change the opening time for that game, right? Yeah, we, we thought let's have fun with it. You know, 414 is the Milwaukee area code. It's, there's, you know, 414 day is sort of a, a big deal in the city and there's a lot of fun things that people do. And we said, well, let's, you know, let's have, let's make it fun. I don't think we've ever started a game ever at four, one, four. You know, we wanted to make sure it was still a day game because originally it was a six forty PM start and opening day has got to be a day, not a night. Um, so we'll have fun with it. And, and uh, I think people really have embraced it. And, you know, we, we did that special ticket deal for $4 and 14 cents for some terrorist level and, Literally in you know thirty thirty minutes, those were completely gone. Um, you know we're we're excited about you know the tenants coming up. We're excited about the team, and you know we're we're a little behind on on the ticket sales only because you know we've got to do a new schedule and we had a lockout. But uh, the fans are are doing their part. They're they're really buying up the tickets, and I'm expecting some good crowds this year. You know, I you guys normally do some neat things in and around the stadium. What new things that you guys have right now on the horizon? Um, at your, yeah, we at your we facility? have got. Um, we're going to be doing a sort of a, a launch of later this. You know, you're sort of preempting me here, so uh, um, I'll tease. I'll tease with a few things. What we're doing is focusing on you know the concession experience, the the food and beverage experience with the underline on beverage. Um, we know our fans, um, you know, enjoy, enjoy a, a beer and enjoy a cocktail. So we're going to do some special things with that. Um, we are basically reimagining a lot of our concession um, stands to be self-operating where instead of long lines, fans literally can grab and go and self-check out like you do at some of the grocery stores, you know, to, to make it efficient. You know, I want fans to be in their seat eating the food as opposed to waiting in line getting their food. So we're doing a lot of things for for ease of concessions. Uh, you know, there'll be a lot of new branding. Uh, we've got a deal with Potawatomi Bingo um, and Casino that's going to have some really nice branding at the ballpark. So just you know, a refresh, focus on concession experience, and and again, um, highlighting what I think is going to be a really great 2022 Burst team. Can I ask you as far as the idea when that park was built, obviously, to a certain degree, was to make it uh, more conducive than just a baseball. So you have a number of concerts. I got tickets for Eric Church on May 28th. I'm going to see Eric Church. So that'll be fun. Uh, And then the golf thing gets brought in uh, as well to have golf simulators uh, brought in. And you're using what was the old restaurant on the left field line. Uh, is there is there more more to come? I guess from that aspect, are you open to more things to make it more of a year round venue? Because now you'll have the restaurant to be named later and that golf venue year round. Absolutely. You know, I think your point is well taken. It's it, this place is a beautiful baseball ballpark, but it also can be uh, multi purpose. And you know, whether it's concerts or other events on the field, to be sure, we love that. Uh, whether you know, we're trying to look at places around the ballpark that can be more of a three sixty five kind of experience the the x golf certainly is going to be a 365 experience we're going to renovate the restaurant to be named later um after this season it's going to be a massive renaming and massive overhaul of the space it's going to be an incredible restaurant Uh, again that's something we want people to come year-round so absolutely we're trying to make the ballpark you know more than just baseball the revenue goes to david stearns and he knows how to correctly and adroitly spend it on players so from my perspective, anything we can do to enhance the ballpark, make it more fun for fans, make it a year-round destination, that that helps you know the bottom line, and that bottom line helps David Stearns build a championship team. Now, Rick, would that golf simulator would that be open on game day? And do I have to bring my own golf club? No. Yeah. Yes. The answer <laughs> is it's open on on game days. You do not bring your own golf clubs when the game during a game, because obviously we, we don't want people bringing in right. golf clubs. <laughs> we have a whole range of golf clubs available for folks to use for this during, for use in the simulators during games. So absolutely nobody will need to bring anything other than their interest in hitting some golf balls uh, and a game ticket. And, and people will reserve those pods, you know, in normal days and reserve it on game days. 
Uh, and so it's it's a great experience. But yeah, nobody has to bring their clubs uh, clubs in during the game. Yeah, we were thinking about that. We're like, well, maybe we'll make a separate entrance just to get up the, to an escalator or something to get to it, separate for the crowd. But that that makes more sense that, that you don't have to bring more well, sense, way yeah. more sense. No yeah, doubt. Logistically, yeah. that would be that would be a little difficult to ever have people bring golf clubs and then leave and then be able to go to the game or whatever right. with their golf clubs next to them. I think that would be not feasible. So, Rick, do you view that as a as a during games as more of a group thing? as far as group sales or is it going to be more individual sales you know i think what will happen is you know the space will be open to anybody there's no you know once you have a game ticket you can go into the space in the x-golf club and and you do not need a special ticket there what you do need is you know because the, there's seven pods and there's only seven pods people will reserve the spaces in advance so um, you, you might want to go there and see if you can find an open pod. It'll unlikely be available. So what we want people to do is go in there, reserve the pod. If you want to go in there and sort of watch what's going on, um, absolutely. And there's places for people to, to watch the game and sort of watch the action in the pods. And if you actually want to participate in actually swinging the golf club, you know, we're recommending people make a reservation and we have that'll all be online. So it's really seamless. I was looking at your bobblehead list that Gary brought up earlier. September 11th open. Uh, are you thinking of some type of like September 11th, like tribute bobblehead possibly, or are you thinking about another player bobblehead? Are you leaning one way or the other? We have, we have it already in the works. Um, is we, you know, a little bit later, we'll announce it. It's, it's definitely going to be a player. Um, and uh, so we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll announce that a little bit later in the season. All right, there he is, our guy Rick Schlesinger, president of uh, business operations for the Milwaukee Brewers, as he joined us earlier today on the Wendy's Big Show. Rami Makhlouf is here. Tim Dillard, 40 minutes away uh, from joining him and a couple other nice guests as well on the Rami Show. He'll tell us who those are straight ahead here on Sparky's Midday Madness, presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. Sparky's Midday Madness, presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. Check him out. MilwaukeeAdmirals.com, affordable family fun. Make sure to take advantage of that. Got a poll question up. Daylight savings time, yay or nay? That's up at 1250 a.m. Thefan.com. What's the latest in our poll results, Adam Roberts, uh, right now? Not too shabby. uh, Not even an hour up. 245 votes in. 82% even say yay. Okay, good. 82%, 82%, but there, there is a percentage of people that, that uh, don't want, in case you're just tuning in and going, why are you asking this question? It's because the Senate passed it unanimously, and now it's on to the House to see if they can get it through to get this done. Dude, nothing gets passed and unanimously. Now, there's, now there is a a debate on Twitter as far as what this means for Arizona, as far as what time zone they will be put into uh, going forward. So I think Western West Coast time, right? I would think so. It's two hours right now. Yeah. So I would assume they would be Pacific uh, at that time if if that's what ends up happening. Would be oh, my that, guess. But this makes me so happy. Somebody else will have to determine that. If they if they actually passed this in the house, I'll be so happy. Because you've been wanting this for a while. Oh, I you ranted and Sam about, have been yeah, talking about. I ranted this, right? about this when we went back an hour, right? Or forward an hour, whatever. Yeah. Forward an hour, right? No, back an hour. Yeah, we went back an hour and lost an hour of daylight. Like, who's that for? Who wants that? Who's looking for that? I, I I'm not exactly no. But Who wants be, the sun to go down at four in the afternoon? Not not me. No. Nobody does. No, but if, again, back in the day, in our uh, guy Adam Roberts went back and looked at the history of this. And yeah, it's why about this farmers. all started. Some do with farmers, right? Uh, to a degree, but it goes back even farther than that. Adam says. Correct. I was telling Steve earlier the implementation of daylight savings time actually has its roots in World War One in Europe where nations like Germany and Austria during the war wanted to literally conserve daylight for energy reasons. And that was picked up by the U.S. a couple of years later in 1918. And then there was a whole thing with year-round daylight savings time, which we didn't even get into. FDR, during World War II, put that in. It was called wartime from 42 until the end of the war. And then there was a bunch of hullabaloo where there was no real standard at all for like the next 20 or so years. And then they slowly worked to get to what we have today. And now we're going to go back to what it was. a terrible system that we have So now today. we're going to go back to what it was that didn't work the last time. Is that correct? Is that my understanding? Well, they're trying to make it permanent. So it would be, yeah, just a year round. Which is what FDR time. had, right? Yes, wartime. Right. But then they eventually got rid of it. After, yeah. 
We don't need it. There's no use for it in modern society. There's absolutely no use for it in modern society. We don't need it. We don't like it. We don't want it. And nothing ever passes through the Senate unanimously. This, <laughs> If they get this passed, this will be the first thing that like the government has done for us. And I don't know how long. Like, now, first, like I was going to say uh, stimulus checks, now, probably. Now, if they pass it unanimously in the House, which has way more members in the Senate, I'll fall out of my seat. Right. Because they have they it won't pass them unanimously, out. but I think it'll pass. No, has to. I don't know anything about politics. Has Neither to. do I. Who I'm wants the wrong this? Person to ask. Nobody wants this. I don't know. I I am fine with it. Like I said earlier, from uh well from two reasons. One, when I used to do the big show in the afternoon, mm-hmm. four thirty in the afternoon, you do it that shift now, looking outside and it's dark out. It's depressing. Yeah. It's like oh, that's. I got sucks. home yesterday and walked my dog in right? the sun. Yeah. I was like, what is this? Right. This is wild. And then from a parenting perspective, when you have kids. Now everybody's home from school, everybody's home from work, and you still have an hour or two to go outside, play in the backyard, mm-hmm. do whatever you have to do before yeah. everybody has to go back inside and yeah. get ready for better or whatever. 18% are weirdos, it. dude. What are you doing up that early that you want the sun up? I'm not criticizing anybody on Weird. this whatsoever. I'll criticize you. You're weirdos. <sighs> now, I've had some of the callers that called in to me when I was screening, they were like, oh, I don't want to go on the air, but... And they were all the ones that were saying nay. Yeah, they're the type of people who call and say, I don't want to go stop? on the air, but... Would you stop? Quit. Quit. Now, they all were saying that back when we had this during the Nixon administration, right. when we tried to make it permanent, right. they said kids were waiting outside for their school buses in the dark oh, at yeah, 7, yeah, yeah. whatever, I, I've, morning. I've heard old people Wham. talk about that before, arguing about this. I mean, with all due respect, I, I'm fine with it. It's good. It's good for you. You won't be scared of the fine. dark. Yeah, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.